Good morning, good afternoon, or good night, whatever time it is. Thanks for stopping by. Welcome to yet another episode of In Defense of Liberation, the podcast that is working towards and educating about a true people's liberation movement and hopefully one day a proletarian revolution. Um, But until we get there, I'm your host, Josh. Uh, Two things to top off this episode. Um, First and foremost, I am getting over some kind of respiratory thing. I don't have COVID. I went to the ER with my partner. We got tested. We just got this gross cough and like sore throat. Um, And of course, I keep smoking through it. So like we're having a good time. But you might be subject to that gross cough. And also, my voice might kind of give out. And I'm kind of stuffy, too. So, gross episode possible. Um, If you don't want to listen to that, you know, for whatever reason, just want to let you know. Uh, The second thing that you're going to have to deal with sound-wise is I'm driving. Um, I, unfortunately, usually end up recording my podcasts while I'm driving, Um, because I work very often, and even if I'm not working, I find it very difficult as of late, um, I think just kind of where my life's at right now, uh, sitting down for an hour and just hitting record, um, that is, like, almost impossible, um, but yeah, so I apologize for both of those things, if that bothers you, you know, I completely understand, um, but yeah, if you can, you know, stomach through that, let's uh, let's have a good episode because I I haven't recorded in a little bit. Um, I'll be I'll be real off cap with with y'all. Um, uh, depression is real, and not so like my numbers have been steady lately it's actually been kind of cool i've been getting right around 30 viewers every single episode so that's been awesome because that's 30 more than i used to get so it's it's pretty cool (laughs) um but like on top of that it's pretty discouraging um because i don't really know where i want to take this and i don't really know what i want to do with this yet Um, I kind of have an idea, which is in the, you know, it's in the workshop right now, but unfortunately, as we know, when we, you know, try to like maybe fix a, a a problem in our local area or even try to resolve a, you know, uh, maybe say a, a disagreement or an altercation between like family members, it's gotta be like a team effort. Um, you know, if you have a argument with, say, your mom, right, and then you come back and you're like, listen, I want to forgive you, I want to work through this, if your mom is still pissed off at you or thinks that she's right or wants to have an ego of any kind, like, the improvement won't actually be there. It'll just be a, a delegation, a, a suppression of the issue, um, same goes for, you know, kind of talking about what we're talking about, which is uh, kind of just, you know, recognizing that... What the fuck was I talking about, even? 
Sorry, Jesus Christ, I must be really fucking tired. Uh, completely forgot what I was talking about in the middle of my sentence. No, I will not edit that out because that shit's funny. Um, yeah, but if you're like getting involved in your local area, if you're organizing, if you're recording a podcast for the sake of like educating people, it has to be a team effort because like ultimately, what good does it do for me to sit here and record this shit so that me and 29 other people can say, I listened to that. The reason why we should have knowledge is not for the sake of just having knowledge, being smarter than other people. It should be in order to take that knowledge and do something with it. Um, That's kind of the crux of what Marxism or scientific socialism is. Because from its inception... You know, one of the most famous Marx quotes from the Theses on Fuhrer book um, is uh, the uh, philosophers have only interpreted the world. The point is to change it. It's that's a paraphrase. That's not a direct quote. But Marx and Engels set out uh, at their time to debunk the theories of what they called utopian socialisms. Um, This was the theories of Robert Owens, St. Simone, um, Foyer, and, you know, then you had others who maybe weren't necessarily socialists, but recognized that things needed to change, such as, you know, anarchists, um, such as left liberals, um, you might call them, um, and in a lot of cases, just you know, people who wanted society to just kind of start working for them. Um, And you see that still to this day, you know, you see a lot of shit being spread on social media about, oh, here's this really random and obscure theory that I like that I think really directly applies to what I want to see happen in the world without recognizing for a second that your dumbass from central New York doesn't get a say. Like, the people that are truly oppressed, the people that are truly suffering, they are the true, true, true decider of this. So, at, you know, at that point, if you're just reading theory just to find shit that you like or find ideas that you like um, or agree with, You're kind of doing this wrong because the basis of what scientific socialism is, which, you know, a lot of times Marxism doesn't doesn't get credit, uh, doesn't get credited as a science. Right. And a lot of times scientific socialism, this phrase is out of turn. You know, most people don't use this term very often. um, But that was really the core of what would become known as Marxism was a scientific process, a a thought and and a conclusion, um, you know, progress, uh, procedure, a thought procedure, that's what it's called, of, okay, here's all these different theories that all these really, really popular, really, really followed, you know, because folks like St. Simone, Robert Owens, Perdone, they all had massive followings because workers 
needed shit to get better. They would go to anyone who was even saying shit needs to get better. It's funny how that still hasn't changed till today. But they set out to show, okay, here's all these people that are saying they want to help. They're saying, like, this will make things better. No, it won't. And Marx and Engels, using philosophical logic, um, went through uh, and spent a majority of their lives showing folks why certain theories just wouldn't pan out in the real world. Using, like, a lot of theoretical knowledge that took, like, Das Kapital, right? The book that nobody wants to read. Um, That took Marx's entire life to write. This shit wasn't coming out of Marx's head or Engels' head and them just going, yeah, that sounds fucking awesome. Um, They were looking at the reality. They were materialists. And we've discussed what materialism versus idealism are. But just for a brief summation, you know, you can't look out into the world and say, you know what would really fix this problem if we just gave everybody a billion dollars? Because first of all, no, no, it wouldn't. Um, second of all, that will never happen. So a materialist looks at the reality, looks at the material uh, situation that we find ourselves in, and in that tries to find true and possible opportunities, strategies, tactics, or you know, scientific solutions to certain problems. And the reason why it's called scientific is because First and foremost, philosophy is and was a science. The break became when the scientific revolution was able to put theories like alchemy, astronomy, uh, all these different theories into practice. When they began being able to experiment, that was the break that put philosophy on the sideline. But if we are to be true to history, then we can't deny that to philosophy because philosophy was an abstract theory until liberal liberal revolutions happened. Liberal philosophy was abstract until liberal revolutions happened and created liberal societies. The difference is the laboratory and what the experiment looks like, but it is still a science to its core. Marx's theories have been tested time and time again all across the world in multiple different experiments and have brought multiple different conclusions. This is why we have a plethora of different Marxisms, quote-unquote, combined with also the fact that what a socialist revolution might look like in Cuba cannot and will not be what a socialist revolution looks like in Mozambique. It can't. The culture is different. The social makeup is different. The size of the class structure is different. The way they make their food, the way they make their money, the way that they make their products is different. All of that has to be taken into account. And that is why it's scientific and not idealistic. It is materialist. And although many folks want to, you know, say Marxism isn't a science, Marxism isn't a science. Why? Marxism is a science wholeheartedly. 
in the same way that Newtonian physics is a science. It's not some break and some perfect science. There is no perfect science. That's what science is. Science is experimentation. Science is coming to false, you know, wrong answers. Conclusions that don't meet your hypothesis and going, well, shit, let me try again. Let me think about this differently. (coughs) And that's, you know, that's the difference. Marx and Engels knew from their start. We don't have all the answers. They didn't write explicitly on how a revolution would take place because they couldn't know. They had not seen a proletarian revolution in their lifetime. And then what happens? A proletarian revolution. So they add some corrections to the Communist Manifesto. They write the Civil War on France. They write about this and they discuss the conclusions that it has come to. The scientific community at the time and still today, you know, most folks aren't privy to this, but they're submitting papers for review, for discussion, for debate, debating with others, and especially as philosophers, they're writing, you know, uh, I don't even know how to say the word, but they're writing things that are meant to, like, take someone's theory, break it down, and then disprove it, or approve it, you know what I'm saying, like, It's not just these folks saying, like, this is some shit that would be really cool or this is some shit that we should do. Um, So Marxism as a science becomes a a difficult discussion for folks online. uh, And and folks online uh, find it difficult to, you know, I think we see this across the board. Um, Most people in general are very self-centered very individualistic, very egotistic. And that comes from our society. Our society creates that. That's not usually, you know, anyone's fault. Nobody is like an asshole by nature, I guess. Um, It's somehow by design. Um, But these folks are made to, you know, want to argue the point that Marxism is a science because the immense anti-socialism, anti-communism, and anti-Marxism that has been embedded in them. And, you know, at one point, I mean, you can go a year back, go listen to Annoying Question Boy, my old podcast. Like, go listen to me talk about the fact that there is just a bunch of old dead white guys. Go listen to me talk about the fact that Marx and Engels were cool, but like none of their theories apply today. Go listen to me say that shit. That's why it's there. That's why I don't delete my shit, because you got to hold yourself humble and hold yourself accountable. At one point, I believed and still upheld all the Western propaganda that has been, you know, thrown down my throat my whole life. And y'all keep doing that shit. Y'all keep saying China bad, China bad, China bad. Y'all keep saying, you know, Nicolas Maduro is a fucking dictator. Y'all keep saying that... All these disgusting things. Joseph Stalin was a, a, a and Mao were dictators and murderers, and as if you have no idea what Barack Obama and Joe Biden and Donald Trump and all these fucking assholes do on a day to day basis. Like the dictatorship is such a incorrect discussion on all parts. The the discussion of authoritarianism and dictatorship are all. 
so skewed and distorted in the minds of most Western folks or folks who believe in Western propaganda because we're taught to believe that this idea of authority is one person or one group. That's that's authoritarian. Um, we're taught to think that this idea of dictatorship is, you know, one person who makes all the decisions, who does all the things. Um, our understanding of oppression is so basic. Our understanding of power, uh, especially political power, is incredibly basic. And, of course, I mean, let's... let's Let's chalk it all up to our education system because that's where it belongs. And then any other propaganda that we've been, you know, privy to in our own lives for whatever reason outside of the education system, but usually based on the education system. And it's because to our core, you know, we can dance around it however much we want. We can call ourselves, you know, libertarians. We can call ourselves socialists. We can call ourselves whatever we want. But at the core of what we're struggling for, there is a society wherein one group of people who look and sound like me, white, male, cisgender, and bourgeois, one class of people, one group within society who is making all the rules, making all the laws, right? They're dressed in all the police uniforms. They got the nice judge robes on. They got their their nice suits to go into the Congress and the House of Representatives, right? Those are the folks also who are whipping around in cop cars. Those are the folks also who are suiting up in military gear, in National Guard, walking down to uh, Minneapolis and putting it under police supervision. How is this... This, this, is, this is one class, this is one group, this is amalgamous, this is not different, these are not different people, there are different forms, different parts of the whole. And the education system is central to all of that. Because you gotta get at least some people to go along with the shit. Because there's 330 million people here in the United States on Turtle Island... There's not 330 million ruling class elites. They gotta get most of us to side with them. The shit doesn't line up. Listen to what Biden says and then look what he does. Listen to what Trump said and then look at what he did. Look at what the Congress says they're gonna do and then look what they do. Look at the Supreme Court literally overruling like laws that are taking away, you know, TPS from uh, uh, um, Im- immigrants who came here under natural disasters, who came under, uh, you know, fear of religious or, or political persecution. Look at the, you know, the ruling of the Supreme Court that says none of these people are allowed, you know, to be granted permanent citizenship. 400,000 people, people who have lived here since the 90s in some cases, are going to be removed from the country. But look at what they talk about. And look about how, how they frame that. Look at how they talk about China and Russia and Cuba. Look at how they talk about these quote-unquote authoritarian regimes. 
and look at how they run their own authoritarian regime. These aren't critiques about the structure. This is critique about the, the, you know, the benefits, the form that it has taken. They're only critiquing for the sake of maybe taking some information on for themselves. They don't say this shit because they don't want human rights abuses. No, they don't want you to see the human rights abuses. They want to point out where the human rights abuses are on the east on the eastern side of the globe so that you're not looking at the human rights abuses that are happening on the west side of the globe. They're not doing this so that you care about your brethren, your your fellow citizens, your fellow fucking human beings on on the northern hemisphere or on the southern hemisphere. No, they're just making you look down south so you don't see what's happening up north. Same thing as the Civil War. You had an alliance that formed between northern capitalists and southern planters that made the war, the Civil War, from 1861 to 1865 be exclusively about not breaking the Union so that that combination of the northern capitalists and the southern plantation owners and slave owners didn't get broken. It wasn't until 1865 that Congress and the House of Representatives started talking about, okay, let's arm the black folks. Okay, let's give the black folks the right to vote. Let's give the black folks citizenship of some kind. Let's let's write an amendment that says black folks are human beings too. And geez, you ought to read Reconstruction in the United States of America by W.E.B. Du Bois because Abraham Lincoln the man that so many people want to you know attribute to being the, the the emancipator the liberator he was writing all the way up to 1865 listen even if we're like freeing the slaves they're not human beings there's no rights he says and i'm quoting there are no rights that a black man has that i or any other white man should respect He says, and I quote, if I could uphold the union by abolishing slavery, if I would. If I could uphold the union by not abolishing slavery, I would. End quote. He was a liberal, just fucking footman. As as is our president right now, even though he's a fucking segregationist as well. Our vice president is a fucking cop. Our Congress and House of Representatives are made up of people who want us to vote. Who want us to go down, look our oppressors in the eye, and say, Can you please not squeeze so hard? Can you please not kill so many? Can you please let us afford a house, afford health care. Why the fuck are they going to give us that? Why the fuck would it be now? I mean, if it's going to be ever, it's going to be now. But you see what they're doing. You see how immediately, immediately after we get what we supposedly were supposed to want, it never plays out the way it was supposed to. We're going to do student loan debt forgiveness no we're not what we're going to do is we're going to do private student loan debt forgiveness of which only 10% of the United States American 
uh, the United States of America uh, student debt, only 10% is private. And you know how much we're going to do? We're going to do $10,000. You know what that is to people with student debt? Fucking shit. That's shit. If you can afford to get a private loan, you probably have a private loan that's more than $100,000. That $10,000 saved you maybe a year. You're going to pay that maybe a year sooner. If you ever pay it off at all. But the majority, 90% of Americans saw no student, student debt forgiveness. But Amazon did. Tesla got a nice tax break. ExxonMobil. Monsanto. Hell, fucking Donald Trump's businesses and his buddies' businesses all throughout 2019 and 2020. They were getting tax breaks. They were getting good ones. Oh, yeah, he, he saved us because he, he brought jobs back to America. Jobs that don't pay shit. Jobs that don't afford me a home. Jobs that don't afford me my car to get to that job nor clothes to put on to get that job. It's all bullshit, and they know it. So stop playing into it. Stop being, stop being, you know, a pawn in their hand. Stop listening to this Western propaganda and start thinking for yourself. One of the worst things to ever happen has to be the development of the internet. For all the good that it has done, it has doubled down on the stupidity of people. Stupidity, not from natural, you know, lacking of brain capabilities. But stupidity by being made stupid. By being made ignorant. By being made misinformed. People are taught wrong. They are taught incorrect history. They are taught incorrect ideas. They are taught to hate. They are taught to kill. They are taught to fight for themselves and only for themselves. And then we wonder... Geez, why do these white guys keep walking up into Walmart and shooting people? Why do they keep going into different countries and causing war so that my friends can go to Japan, so that my friends can go to Latin America and kill people and get killed? So that our family members, our friends' family members who don't live in the United States can watch as our country goes over there and dictates for them how they are to live their lives, who their leaders are to be, what they are to pay, how they are to live. And if they don't listen, where they are to live forever, in the ground. This is not some joke. This is not some idea that some people are having. This is a reality. This is the reality of the situation. And if you call yourself a leftist, if you call yourself an anarchist, if you call yourself a socialist or a communist, and you keep playing into the hands of our ruling class here in the United States and the NATO countries and the, the Western and Eastern imperialists, if you keep playing into their hands, it will never get better. Our solution is in the people. The internet has made people convinced that we are enemies. It has doubled down on the hatred that we have for select groups. It has doubled down on the judgment 
and and the awful treatment that we take upon one another, the way that we speak to people online, the way that we speak of people online, the way that we speak online and make it seem as if that we have any idea what the fuck we're talking about, the way we just share shit online with no no study on our part, nothing, because we're taught this is how we go to school. Okay, here's, here's the topic I want you to talk about. Here's the articles I want you to read. I want you to give me a summary on that. Isn't it funny how that, that isn't, hey, how about you pick a topic or here's the topic. How about you go ahead and find some articles that go along with what you, you, know, you, you want to write about? Isn't it funny how we're taught very, very specifically how history has developed? Isn't it funny how critical race theory is banned from schools? Isn't it funny how things don't change and we wonder why? I really, you know, want to get on here more often and get talking with folks, like real folks who are organizing and doing the shit because, and I want to get down there and start doing that myself as much as I can because the fact of the matter is, y'all, shit isn't changing unless we change it. Plain and simple. And I don't mean... Let's let's change it at the ballot box. No. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Let's change it at the home front. Let's change it in our communities. Let's change it with each other. And let's push that towards changing it globally. And, you know, this, this conversation of authoritarianism, this discussion of, of you know, dictatorship, on my... Uh, on my uh, TikTok, I had a few TikToks blow up, talking about first of all Marxism as a science, and then also talking about the fact that like, um, you know, first and foremost, don't believe all the stupid Western propaganda about like Mao, Stalin, Lenin, and all these folks. Read them, you know. Look at the history that happened. Look at you know the documents of you know the Soviet Union. They're all you know very easy to find. Um, this information's out there. You just got to know how to look for it. Um, you know, don't read shit that comes out of the same country that tells you we're a democracy and then kills black people in the street. Um, don't don't listen to the country that tells you you know we're for the people and locks up more people than any other country in the world. Kills more people through military violence, police violence than any other country in the world. Don't listen to that country for any reason because why would you listen to the country that tells you these things on certain things that you just happen to agree with them? Oh, isn't it convenient that you happen to agree with them? You see, most of our thoughts don't come from our own mind and people really need to get that through their head. Uh, Most of us do not have an original thought in our entire life. None of the shit that I say comes from this brain. This shit comes from the books that I read, the speeches that I've listened to, the people I've talked to, and the experiences that I've had. No one is some genius. No one. There might be mathematicians and scientists. Yeah, they had the money to learn that shit. The opportunities before them were presented by other people having the opportunities to lay out some of their studies, the opportunity to do some of their studies. This is not genius. This is all opportunity. 
folks really like to think that now all of a sudden because something lines up with what they, you know, believe when we're talking about, you know, say China or Jewish folks, you know, look at look at all the pro-Palestine yet super incredibly anti-Semitic folks that are popping up all over is is not so simple like we make it we try to make it simple but it's not we have to study this shit we have to be understood and educated and you know the reason why we got to study this shit is not just because you know even i said so or you know this person said so or because it would be a good the reason why we have to study it is because it really is come i mean try to try to explain to me what fucking dialectics is I have spent the last year learning about dialectics. If someone told me to explain to them right now, what is the theory of dialectics? I'm going to say a lot. I'm going to give a lot of examples. May or may not help anyone understand what dialectics is. Uh, But, you know, that's because this shit was more, like I said, it was more and it still is more than just ideas. It's a scientific analysis and equation for how to actually and properly solve the problems caused by capitalism, colonialism, and imperialism. Um, And, you know, there's so many theories on top of this that discuss, you know, the symptomatic problems that these ideas have caused, such as racism, sexism, uh, rape, uh, police violence, military oppression, like all of these things and more but we gotta start somewhere and if we're gonna start somewhere we have to find the need in our society we have to find the need in our own personal communities and we have to find the need that we ourselves are capable of meeting and start there we have to start organizing we have to start getting with other folks we have to start talking to the people who they themselves are suffering not just saying you know Oh, well, I really care about these people. Word, go talk to them. Go ask them what they need and ask them how you can help. Because, you know, that's really going to be the difference maker, man. Like, getting down in the streets and, like, in the community and, like, you know, getting people meals, getting people rides to work, you know, getting people jobs, getting people, uh, you know, housing to live in, getting people medical care, um, getting people human dignity. I mean, that's really where we got to start because as it stands right now, the majority of people, we don't, we don't live dignified lives. We don't have health care. We don't have, you know, affordable housing. We work jobs that make us miserable and depressed and we don't make enough money doing it. We don't even make enough money to afford the the food we need, you know, need the rent we got to pay, the the other bills we got to take care of. We don't we don't got it like these folks got it and we definitely aren't going to get it because they got it. If they wanted to give it to us, if they wanted to share it, they would. Look at societies like in the Nordic states. They got it down. They know how to keep their people happy. Not saying that's the way to do it, because guess what? They're doing that by, you know, imperialism, 
and colonialism all throughout the uh, global north. That's, you know, Latin America, Africa, and Asia. You got states like Belgium, the Netherlands. These were all like some of the original colonizers, man. Like, look at what, you know, Belgium did in the Congo. Look at what Netherlands and the Dutch did all over the world. Like, this shit is not... It doesn't go away. It's it's baked right into the the world that we have today because until you solve a contradiction, until you solve an issue and make it go away and end the problem that it is causing, it won't just disappear on its own accord. You know, let's harken back to the discussion we were having earlier about when you get into a tiff with your family members. You don't actually confront that beast every time you're around your family members. Either A, there's going to be an argument, or B, it's going to feel like there should be an argument. Um, So, like, you know, I don't know how it's different in any other context than such a simplistic one. But if you really want to solve the issues that are happening in the world, get with the people who are suffering from them, ask them what they need. Ask them what they're doing. Ask them how you can help and go. That, you know, that's really the advice that anybody can give. There's no, I mean, there is a quote unquote magic recipe. It's Marxism, but y'all don't want to hear that. Um, or maybe you do because you keep listening to the show. Um, but it's also not that simple as in you don't get to just take what happened in Russia in 1917 and go, boom, let's get the United Soviet States of America. Sorry, that's not going to happen. Um, you know, let's let's talk about the fact that folks want to be so, 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 so revisionist um, in, you know, kind of dislocating the uh, scientific and, uh, structure as well as the historical context that was taking place during the times of Lenin, Marx and Engels, Stalin. And, you know, trying to dogmatically take their theories and just apply them across the board. You can't do that shit. That, that's not how that works. Um, nothing else works that way. So, like, I don't know why you would expect something so complex to. Um, yeah, but, I mean, my whole point in doing this little podcast was just the fact that, like, Western propaganda is so, so prevalent within quote-unquote leftist spheres. You'd, all, you'd almost think that COINTELPRO is still going on and that all these motherfuckers are just out here trying to infiltrate. But, you know, we're not, we're not conspiracy theorists. We're just, we're just taking shit down and paying attention. You know, you just gotta, you gotta keep an eye out. Um, but... You know, it becomes nerve-wracking when some folks who are supposedly the left in the U.S. are talking about, oh my goodness, China is an authoritarian state. Or talking about the North Korean dictatorship of Kim Jong-un. What the fuck? You mean the Democratic People's Republic of Korea? Um, You know, talking about all this shit with, you know, back when Evo Morales was ousted, talking about, oh, that's good, he's a he's a dictator anyways, or talking about Nicolas Maduro's a fucking drug trafficker, like, 
Y'all are clowns. Y'all sound like fucking CIA operatives. Y'all are fucking crazy. And the worst part is, like, that's that's who's supposedly on the left, man. And, like, not for nothing, I don't really see any use in appealing to that anymore. Like, if you're around your homies and, like, they're spouting off some fucking Western chauvinist shit, talking about China as an authoritarian state, either clap back at them or just, you know, clock that down and be like, listen, (laughs) I don't think I'm going to be able to fuck with you anymore, man, because we're at a point where, listen, last thing I'll say, and then I got to, I got to go, unfortunately, but when you are trying to build something like this, right? Oftentimes we hear the accusation that socialism has failed every single time it's been tried. Okay, what if if that is so, you know, and this is how you should approach this situation. If that is so, you should say, why did it fail? Because I'm sure they got an answer for you. Let them answer that. And then you can even hit them with something so simple like, okay, what caused that? And if they want to say, oh, this person or that person did this or, you know, oh, well, Stalin took over the party instead of Trotsky and that's why it all went. No. Why did Stalin take over the party? Stalin took over the party because Stalin was elected to take over the party. Stalin was put in that position. Why? Read some of Trotsky's theories and you tell me. Trotsky believed that the only way that you were going to be able to see socialism in Russia was if socialism first came to Europe. Trotsky believed that the only way that the actual uh, you know, peasantry would be able to be useful in a revolution was if the dictatorship of the proletariat made them their new proletariat, made them their new oppressed class. He said, the dictatorship of the boat, the boat, Jesus Christ, the dictatorship of the bourgeoisie needs to, quote, lean on the peasantry. Now, I just read a really good book called Continuity and Rupture by JMP, um, where he talks about this in depth um, in a segment called uh, Trotskyism or Maoism. Uh, I would suggest you check that book out and check out JMP's work. <coughs> you can find some of his interviews on Rev Left Radio. Uh, and I actually did an interview with him about his uh, book, The Communist Necessity, a few months back. So you can go check that out. I was a, a wee young lad. I was nervous. I don't, th- I mean, I think I asked good questions, but I think I, I got I got too involved in the conversation and took it away. I didn't want it to go. But anywho, um, yeah, I mean, that's kind of all I came on here to say is that stop believing this fucking Western propaganda shit. Like, think for yourself. I'm not trying to be rude. I'm not trying to be a dick. Use your fucking brain. Use your Oh, Reuters. The same... The same news company that talks all about how, you know, Venezuela was a drug trafficking, you know, ring and and talking about all this Western property. You're going to take Reuters that says Pedro Castillo 
is not a communist. You know what that means? Please don't shoot me. Please, for the love of God, do not kill me. That's what that means. And you see these people run with this stuff. I mean, form their whole theories around it. Everything that they believe, every single thing that these motherfuckers believe is based around the fact that China is authoritarian, this country is authoritarian, this theory of Marxism is authoritarian, without engaging in a single Marxist text, without looking through the history of how Marxism developed in the third world and continues developing in the third world. None of that is thought. None of that is brought into context. But, you know, who am I? Just another stupid stupid Western leftist. So that's, I think that's going to be it for me, folks. Um, I hope this was a good episode. I hope it was enjoyable. Um, I will hopefully be seeing you soon. Um, like I said, I apologize about the, uh, you know, not doing so well on recording, but right now it's just been a depression thing. We're working through it and we're going to get over it, but it is what it is. Um, thanks for listening. Uh, if you would like to reach out to me for whatever reason, you can find me at for liberation. Well, actually, excuse me. You can find me at in defense of liberation at gmail.com. And you can also reach out to me on my TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, all at the same name, uh, In Defense of Liberation. <coughs> if you like this, but you'd like it better in written form, you can go ahead and check out my blog at forliberation.wixsite, that's W-I-X-S-I-T-E dot com, forward slash website. Um, yeah, and, you know, you can find me there, you can reach out, you can tell me I'm stupid, you can tell me that Marx has, you know, killed a hundred bajillion zillion people. Listen, I smoke a lot of weed and I love reading stupid shit like that, so hit me with it, you know? Um, but for real, uh, appreciate you for listening. Um, if you have any suggestions about the show... Or any people that you'd like to see me try to have on as guests, please reach out to me and let me know. I'm always, you know, down for something like that. Um, and also, uh, you know, if you yourself would like to get on the show and talk, you can reach out to me, like I said, in defense of liberation at gmail.com. So, yeah. Um, thanks for listening. And we will see you next time, folks. Uh, it's been real. Stay safe. Stay revolutionary. Uh, and stay proletarian. Bye.